0: It's time now for the Forum at Eight. If the African National Congress is as powerful as we are told, why can't it get its trade union ally to stop destroying itself? This is a question posed by Professor Stephen Friedman, uh, who is the director of the Centre for Study of Democracy. Now, in his latest column, he explores the role of the ANC leadership in trying to mediate and to stop divisions within COSATU. And we are broadening that question, asking you this morning – who is driving the South African agenda? And for this discussion we are joined by Professor Stephen Friedman who is the Director of the Centre for the Study of Democracy at Rhodes University and the University of Johannesburg. Thanks for your time this morning, Prof.
1: Yeah, thank you, Sakim.
0: And we also have with us um, the ANC's uh, Secretary-General, Gwete Mantashe. Thanks for your time, Mr. Mantashe.
2: Morning, morning, A Morning, uh, Stephen. Hi,
1: morning.
0: Now, uh, uh, Prof. Friedman, let me start with you. I mean, you ask, uh, you pose several questions in this particular article. But um, when you say, you know, the ANC, if it cannot get one of its allies to stop destroying itself, is it really as powerful as we think it is? Now, uh, just explain to us your thinking behind that.
1: Yeah, thanks, Akilah. Look, what I was... You know what I was reacting to really is that if you you know listen to a lot of media commentary and fellow academics etc., you get this impression of the ANC as this all-powerful institution which can do whatever it likes, which is responsible for every problem, which is supposed to fix every problem in the society, and therefore gets yelled at repeatedly for not doing that. Uh, what I'm saying in the column is, you know, if we look first of all uh, at what has happened in Kusatu. Um, the group in Kosatu which has expelled NUMSA and has expelled Zenanzima uh are the group which consider themselves closest to the ANC. One of their complaints against NUMSA and against Vaavi were that they were not supportive enough of the ANC. And yet, when one looks at the fact that Mr. Montash and uh, Deputy President Ramaphosa have repeatedly said in public uh, that they feel that the split is an extremely bad idea, uh, that it is not sensible to throw out unions and general secretaries if it's going to cause a split in your organization. They seem to have been totally disregarded. Um, and therefore one has to ask, well, if the group in Kosatu, which is closest to the ANC, doesn't want to listen to the ANC leadership, uh, how much power does the ANC have? Uh, I didn't put it in the column, but, but seeing that you've broadened your, your your topic to talk about the South African agenda as a whole, uh, I mean, if you look at this country and <laughs> you look at the suburbs of our major cities, for example, uh, I think it's legitimate to ask how much influence does, does the ANC have in those areas. Yes, the ANC may control uh, local governments in uh, every metro except Cape Town, um, but if you look at the way in which life goes on in the suburbs, um, the ANC has very little to do with that. So, really, the question I'm asking is: Is this is this model which we're always given uh, of this all-powerful party destroying everything in its wake? Uh, is that adequate? Uh, I mean, what you've got is a party which is. Uh, uh, suffering a whole lot of problems, and my reason for saying that it's suffering a whole lot of problems is that I read ANC documents, and ANC documents say, look, you know, the sins of incumbency, uh, social distance, uh, people who are in it for themselves and not for the voters. So there's this whole set of problems which exist, um, but which unfortunately never seem to be solved, and I think... When they're not solved, one is entitled to ask, well, you know, is this all-powerful leadership of the ANC really all that powerful at all? Uh, Aren't they sitting on a whole lot of inherited problems uh, which they would like to solve but can't?
0: Mr. Montage? Uh,
2: So again, uh, one of the most difficult things about this debate is that uh, Stephen is having a particular image in his head about what the ANC is all about, which is not the real ANC. Uh, and, and I read this article and I said, where is Stephen Friedman arguing for a dictatorship, not leadership? Because he, he, he expects us to walk into Corsata and instruct you know, to do X, Y, and Z. That is not the relationship the ANC is having with Corsata. Uh, Vavi has repeated this thing that uh, they don't want COSATO to be a labor desk of the ANC. And we have repeatedly said we don't want a labor desk out of COSATO because if it becomes a labor desk, it will not add value. So the relationship that we are having with COSATO is a different one to what Stephen imagines. We have a relationship with an independent trade union movement that is very independent. It's not even autonomous, it's independent. But it's an alliance with us. Uh, and every program we have together is a minimum program. But COSATO go to its own government structures, take decisions. The ANC can advise it. And the ANC go to its own ministerial structures, take decisions. COSATO can uh, raise its voice to the loudest on any matter. But ultimately, this is taken by the ANC. That is the kind of relationship we have with Kossato. But I think Stephen has a relationship of a Kossato which is just an extension of uh, the ANC. And it's it's beginning to split that that federation to say this group is close to the ANC, Wavi is far from the ANC. My understanding of Wavi, and I've met him changing, is that he's a member of the ANC, very a committed member of the movement. He has not I have not heard him changing that. So I don't know this closeness of somebody else to the ANC than the other. I don't understand it. If you, in, in Mangaung, mm-hmm. if you remember in Mangaou, if you remember in Mangao, who was nominated, he turned down the nomination. So how close can he be if he's nominated to to be in the N C? Others accepted. It doesn't make them closer to the ANC because they accepted the nomination. Another member has not accepted the nomination.
0: But beyond kasatu um, um, uh, Mr. Mantashe, is the ANC concerned about uh, the, who is setting the agenda in South Africa in terms of what it is uh, no. that occupies the public space in terms no. of discourse and so on?
2: No. The historical portion of the ANC is that the people of South Africa must be their own liberators. Therefore, it is the people of South Africa who must determine the agenda. The ANC must provide leadership. When our people raise an issue, for example, a statutes, it should not be the ANC that says, remove that one, leave that one. The ANC must say, listen, this thing must be done orderly, this thing must be guided, this thing must be systematic, there must be a debate around it. And the ANC uh, provide leadership, but the people of South Africa, Mark, you in the agenda of the country.
0: Professor Friedman?
1: Yeah, look, just to clarify one thing. I mean, Mr. Manfred talks about me wanting a dictatorship and wanting the ANC to lay down the line. I don't want any of those things. If you look at the article, I'm not saying that what, is, what, what I'm describing there is the fault of the ANC leadership. Uh, I'm not saying this yes. is a problem that they've been negligent about. I'm actually saying quite the opposite. I'm saying that we have... A particular type of society, uh, the ANC inherited that type of society, and over the mm-hmm. last 20 years, uh, the ANC has not been able to fundamentally change that society. Now, what I mean by that, uh, you know, and I'm sure Mr. Mantash and anybody else in the ANC can point to huge gains which have been made over the last 20 years, and those are true. The problem I have is if you and, and I've made this point very often. If you, cons- if you think of South Africa in 1994 a- as a country which was controlled by a club of, where was consisting purely of white people, which it was, and if you look at the last 20 years, you'll see that what has happened in this country is that that club, which was for whites only, has admitted new black members, some new black members. Uh, and that is progress, because by that I mean the fact that you have black people in business now you have black people in the professions uh, to an extent which uh, which is radically different 20 years ago on the other hand the club is still there and if you look at the way the club affects the ANC you have this immense fight within various ANC structures uh, over resources over access to positions Uh, And what people are very often trying to do in that situation is that because we still have a private sector in this country which black people find it uh, very difficult uh, to rise in because of all sorts of inherited prejudices and problems, people go into politics and they hope that by going into politics... They will be able to get into positions that will make them attractive to businesses, uh, and and then all sorts of goodies will flow from that. Now, obviously, that doesn't apply to everybody in the ANC. Uh, It may not even apply to most people in the ANC, but it's clearly a huge problem. Uh, And the causality issue is certainly not a case of saying, look... Uh, why doesn't the ANC just instruct Kusatu what to do? But I think that if one looks at the evidence, yes, Vavi is a member of the ANC, yes, he wants the alliance to continue, but the fact remains that his opponents within Kusatu uh, have uh, criticised him uh, for not being loyal enough to the ANC. Uh, And obviously, if you have a situation in which uh, a group of people say they are loyal to the ANC, yet they totally disregard uh, the
0: advice of the ANC leadership. I, I
1: think one's entitled to ask, well, what is that loyalty to, You know, what
2: is it that they're loyal to? Mr. Mantashe. No. You know, I, I repeat the fact that will uh, uh, put it in nice words, but he is basically looking for a dictatorship. I can say that. Because he talks of the ANC and society. And uh, you see, if there was a ruler here, a ruler would just issue an instruction, that must change, it will change. That must change, it will change. In a democracy, the ANC put together laws and frameworks, and those frameworks get open to people to use, and then society changes itself. And, and, and I would imagine that if they still say there's little change, I don't know what he's talking about. From where I'm seated, we have systems in, in the country where there is progress made by our people. For example, he talks of the private sector. He said, I made a comment to a journalist last week that says, listen,
3: uh,
2: it is not the policy of the NC to drive whites into the sea. Uh, because when we theorize our colonization in 1962, we called it colonization of a special type because we appreciate that many of the white South Africans totally cut ties with their original countries and therefore describe this in a particular way. And it is not our point to drive white in the sea. Now, emotionally, when you talk about taking the wealth from the, from the white, giving it to blacks, emotionally it appeal to many people. But if you do it that way, I can also tell you that it, will, it can also have a potential of collapsing the economy and so uh, we've seen examples of that in, in, ma- in many areas in the continent where the idea was that take the wealth from their wives, give it to blacks, and those economies collapse and and, 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 and and then the struggle of rebuilding them is something else so I don't know what is it that uh, Stephen is talking about the last one I want to make he is admitting that there are factions in the federation but he wants to describe those factions as this version is close to the NC and that version is not close to the AFC. For example, let me tell you what we told Kosato. When Kosato was talking about NUMSA being kicked out of the Federation, we said, the only case you have against NUMSA that you can debate is NUMSA unilaterally expanding its scope. Don't talk about the United Fund. Don't talk about it not supporting the NC. We deal with that in the political space. That's our view. And that view has been repeated over and over by the ANC to everybody, that you will not expel them out of COSATU because they didn't support the ANC or because they formed a united front. That is uh, their business. And once they form that party and it gets into the open political space, we will go and uh, engage it in that space. Now, I don't know what is it that uh, Stephen is talking about, when he blames the ANC for factions in Kosato.
0: I'm going to come back to that, but I just want to know because we have to let you go at half past eight, uh, Mr. Mantashe. Looking at, I'm giving it, you another 15 minutes. Oh, I'm s- thank 15. you very much. But uh, just looking, they were at starting NW slate nine. <laughs> well, maybe we can convince you uh, to stay until nine. But uh, looking yeah. at some of the more recent developments, uh, you know, in South African society. You look at uh, the factional battles within COSATU, the expulsion of Numsa and Vavi, the transformation agenda, the vandalising of statues, uh, issues of inequality, etc. Then there's these xenophobic attacks uh, currently uh, in KZN, but all over the country, really. There's the issue of ESCOM and load shedding, unemployment, the economy's country, uh, the country's economy rather, poverty, crime, and and a whole myriad of issues. How do you think the ANC has fared? Do you think that the African National Congress has managed to adequately address and essentially, you know, lead or even set the agenda in terms of how these issues are dealt with, Mr. Mantashe?
2: Now, Sagina. I have listened to your show uh, almost every morning. I know you're lying in one of these things. You are... One of those people who actually propagate a scenario of a doomsday, that the country is about to collapse. My view is that we are a country and a nation uh, in making. We are in a state of becoming. Vitalization of statues, to me, is not equal to transformation. Transformation must deal with the content. If you remove role statute in uh, in UCT, it will not change uh, Mr. Price's uh, policies in the UCT, where he is biased towards keeping UCT as a white university. What should be the focus is to support those students, that's what we said, in driving the, 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 the transformation agenda, which must happen. And nobody can say UCT is the same as it was in 1994. But we must accelerate that process. ESCOM. I described the crisis in ESCOM a few years ago as a positive crisis, that we are actually having more demand than supply because we're slow in building the generation capacity. But if the various regimes, white regimes, have only connected 5 million households in 100 years, and the ANC collected a 7 million households in 20 years. And you call that a crisis and a disaster. Then I don't understand how you think because today we have 12 million households in South Africa having access to electricity precisely because that process of electrification was driven and it is part of transforming society. The consequence of that is that the generation capacity is exceeded. The solution will not be on crying and complaining. The solution will be on accelerating the project of building capacity. mid must come online. Kusile must come online. Ingula must come online. And again, where the NC should, should react is when NUMSA interrupts that process by calling a strike that is, is political. That is aimed at disrupting that process. What should the do? Should it arrest those workers? Or should it work with them, it, try to persuade them? If it would just send police to arrest them, we'd be having a different debate here. When it is engaging them, in is we it has no influence. And I, and I think South Africans, by their nature, are very difficult to satisfy.
0: Well, the question we are grappling with this morning, who is driving the South African agenda? And as always, we want to hear your views. Weigh in on this particular discussion. 0891 is the number to dial. SMS us on the number 34701, or you can tweet or Facebook AM Live on SAFM. Professor Friedman?
1: Now, a couple of points, Akina. I mean, first of all, to throw a question back at Mr. Muntas. If everything I'm describing in that column isn't happening, why do all all the ANC documents say that it is happening? Why does the ANC continually issue documents talking about the sins of incumbency, talking about greed, talking about factionalism, if there's no problem? The ANC issues those documents precisely because there is a problem. Uh, And I keep on going back to this point. I am not arguing for a dictatorship. I'm not saying that what I'm describing is the ANC's fault. I'm saying that it is a major problem within the society. I think the other point which is important to stress, when Mr. Mantosh talks about uh, uh, the services and the infrastructure which has been uh, built over the last 20 years. If you go back to the 2011 census, which is the last time we had uh, a account of what is going on in the country, you see something very interesting. If you measure it in the way in which Mr. Montas is measuring it, if you say, you know, how many electricity connections have there been, how many schools have been built, all of those sorts of things, we are doing pretty well. If you look, however, at income inequality, we are doing very badly because we haven't moved. We still have income inequality in this country at a massive level. Uh, the census tells us that, that inequality is still basically racial equality, inequality. And that's why where, where, where I talk about the club, because the fact that we still have this massive racial inequality in South Africa means that the club is still there uh, and that the ANC has not succeeded in getting rid of it. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that anybody else would be any better at getting rid of it, but it simply describes the reality which we as South Africans confront. One further point, Uh, you know, you can always try to discredit an argument by taking it to extremes. I am not one of those people who suggest that the ANC should rush around the place seizing people's property. Uh, I think we all know that if there's going to be real economic change in this country, it has to be negotiated. And where I would point the finger at the ANC at this stage is where is the ANC's negotiation strategy? Where is the ANC's strategy for forward to a fairer society, a more inclusive society, uh, a society in which race doesn't matter in the economy, uh, which has got to be negotiated with business and other interests. Uh, I think we urgently need that, uh, and I just don't see the strategy. There were bits of it in the ANC manifesto Last year, um, about where the ANC suggested ways in which business could change and ways in which it could make that easier for business, we haven't really had a word, heard a word from that since last last January. So it seems that that whole process is stalled, uh, and it seems to me that unless the ANC has a plan to negotiate with business real changes in the in the economy, then we are going to sit with these problems for the next twenty years.
0: Well, and uh, your comments are coming through thick and fast. We are asking this morning... Who is driving the South African agenda? Are you uh, as South Africans difficult to satisfy as the ANC's uh, Secretary General Guete Mantashe is saying this morning? And what is your view on this particular, particular matter? How can South Africans uh, drive the South African uh, I- agenda? And just looking at some of the uh, comments coming through, Pitsi saying that uh, it is the media who controls the agenda. Uh, for example they are calling a contest a battle in relation to the DA issues, uh, for example, which is rather worrying. And then uh, a few others also uh, coming through. Uh, This one says... um, is it is the uh, why is the SG basically calling the ESCOM crisis a positive one? Uh, because essentially it is not. Uh, this one from Mzimoyake says, uh, the South African agenda is dictated by big business and capital. Spuda one knock says, The guptas, uh, Dhanha says, uh, Uncle Gwede is on point, the ANC leads, and uh, so many others also coming through. But I just want to uh, go to our panel very briefly before I go. To uh, the callers 0891104208, Mr. Mantashe.
2: That, uh, that uh, only three things I want to comment on, Fatima. Uh, the first thing, as I said earlier, the agenda should be determined by South Africans uh, and active citizenry will determine the agenda. But I think I agree with callers that saying uh, sometimes they call it uh, it is controlled by the media or big business, and I think the right capturing of that is by um, Obra uh, Masheke, who says it is a cultural uh, majority, which is a cultural, which is a numerical minority. Few people have structured ideas, control their agenda, and that can only change if society is active. It's not dictated to, and it begins to be active and determine their agenda. At this point in time, I think I'm more inclined to agree with the media, big business, influencing The agenda, in the sense that they are a numerical minority, which is a cultural majority. That's the first thing. The second one is, I agree with Professor Friedman with income inequality as a major issue. But I get worried when, uh, I've heard this from uh, the the Vice-Chancellor of the West University, one day, where there is an attempt now to separate inequality from poverty. Precisely because a research that was released indicates that the contribution of social grants has reduced poverty by 9% overall. And therefore, because it is making a positive impact, analysts and academics are trying very hard to separate poverty from inequality. And I think we should not do that. We should still talk about high unemployment, must talk about inequality, but we must also talk about poverty. Where there is a tending of poverty, when inequality is not done, we must be able to say, uh, poverty is being tended, let's work on the inequality. The last one is, somebody asked me, why do I call the ESCOM crisis a positive one? Mm-hmm. I call it positive because in 1994, majority of black South Africans had no access to electricity. Today, the majority of black South Africans have access to electricity. That is positive. And therefore, it has loaded the electricity and stresses the supply. It's a, it's a positive that it is demand exceeding supply. And we can only address it by addressing the supply side uh, of electricity uh, supply system. The supply side must be addressed. And that's why I talked about accelerating the build program of poor system. <coughs> and therefore, I- impact is negative in that. When there's a low charging, we all feel it. But it is positive in the sense that it is a function of increased demand, <coughs> which is a result of positive intervention. And the last point I want to make, uh, certain is that the reason that there should be leadership is that when anything is driven by anarchy, you begin to see tick for that uh, situation. You've analyzed the statute of General Paul Kruger then somebody will go to Gandhi Square and vandalize Gandhi's statue. And if it is not done systematically and properly, it is going to uh, degenerate into IOS and anarchy. And whatever the intention of those who started the campaign will be swallowed in the negativity of uh, anarchy.
0: Well, we're going to go to the lines now on this question. Who is driving the uh, South African agenda? Irvin Jim is calling from Port Elizabeth. Good morning.
4: Good morning, Sagina. Good morning to Gwede and, uh, and your person who's engaging in the debate.
0: Professor Friedman. Mahalo,
2: mahalo, comrade Jim. I will still call you Comrade Jim. And say I must not call you Comrade. <laughs> no, no, no. Sagina, I just...
4: Don't, you know, there's a saying, I'm not sure whether it's, it's a suit that says uh, I don't want to make the ANC mm-hmm. crazy. It's That's fine. That's crazy. I want to debate with Gwede and say Look, I mean, I don't want to blame the ANC for all South African problems But the bottom line is The truth of the matter is that the African National Congress is the oldest liberation movement in the continent. It is the last to realize, to make us to realize liberation. We called it liberation, it has been called liberation, because at the center of the ANC has been a revolutionary program, which is called National Democratic Revolution. What Kone Gwede is arguing today is completely contrary to what they told people in this country in January that they are forging ahead to implement the free, the Freedom Charter. Not unless the ANC want us to believe that they have selectively decided to implement what clauses in the Freedom Charter they will implement and what clauses they will not implement. I'm saying this Sakina because What the ANC have demonstrated in the past 20 years that it is not prepared to do, the ANC have demonstrated that it is not prepared to address issues of ownership and control of the economy. I mean, this is very clear. The ANC has refused. In fact, in the ANC National Policy Conference, Comrade Gweger was in one commission. Which, which was an economic commission. That commission, in fact, board commission, resolved that the ANC must nationalize strategic minerals. Not everything, strategic minerals. The ANC leadership made sure that a process was going to take place where they basically undo that particular resolution. But not only that. We are almost 20 years We are 20 years in democracy In 2004 the ANC promised us that it will have unemployment it will have inequalities by 2014 and um, it would have addressed it would have brought back about 30% of the land less than 10% of the land has been returned back to the people and I mean I, I just listening to him this morning COVID with due respect you basically want to continue to monitor and to supervise deepening of poverty deepening of unemployment deepening of inequality and Basically, what makes the ANC different today? Um, you know, these days, people yesterday they were asking us, "What are we going to do about? What do you think is going to happen about Helen Zille resigning?" The ANC dot us that. The DA and the Nationalist Party were nothing but political exits of the dominant class that exploit the working class, of white supremacy um, that basically exists in terms of the dominance of white monopoly capital, Sagina. So, And Mr. you know G- what? No, you know what, Sagina because the ANC has, not, has refused to implement radical program to implement fully the Freedom the DA sounds like it's a best political party.
0: So what are you saying with regards to setting the agenda? Who is setting the agenda? I'm
4: simply arguing that this country, because the ANC has allowed neoliberal agenda, it has allowed liberalization of trade, it has allowed the money to leave the country, it is refusing to address the, the um, to change um, in the structure of the economy and address relations of production. The
0: ANC basically is supervising poverty, and this is completely unsustainable. That's why we're arguing about an alternative. Okay, thank you so much. Irvin Jim, calling from Port Elizabeth. Yes. Mr. Mantashe?
2: Now, one of the things I must put is that, I with him, I call him comrade, precisely because we have been in the same trenches for a long time. I have not met the Damascus that he has met uh, to take the position he's taking that is hostile to the M C. And as he says, he was in the last policy conference of the M C. He was in the last national conference of the INC. He met the Damascus thereafter. And therefore, he throws mud on everything that happened when he was part of the establishment. That's the first thing. Now, number two, Sir Sakina, I would suggest that at a point, you must have an hour debate on the Freedom Charter so that we can have a debate with him because he says we're implementing the Freedom Charter selectively. And I think he's also reading the Freedom Charter selectively. And I don't think he reads, the, he reads clauses. He reads the phrases and then go away and mobilize on a phrase without raising the entire clause on anything. So the question of ownership and control, uh, that issue, we have agreed in our resolution that, listen, the state must take more control and ownership of strategic minerals and that is still on the agenda. It has not fallen off the agenda. But... I think uh, Comrade Jimmy, has a particular view on how we do that, we could walk in there, expel Anglo-American, take platinum mines, expel London, take platinum mines, and, and I think he is coming with a very disastrous formula. It has not worked somewhere else in the world. As the, the, the reality is that we have a, a, a responsibility to govern. He has no responsibility to govern. He has a responsibility to protest. And therefore, things look very simple for him. Okay. And to us, we must ensure that we sustain the economy. We can't allow a situation where you saw, for example, in Zambia, where it was, uh, uh, the question of mines was handled in, uh, incorrectly, and that economy collapsed. It is battling to be revived. You go to Zimbabwe, the dollar, the, the Zim dollar, which was 150 in 1980, it does not exist today. Uh, everything is not working. We have chosen deliberately not to follow that route and hope that we can destroy anything and start everything afresh. And if he suggests the, the opposite, we can only wish him good luck.
0: All right. Mr. Mantashe, thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, We are now going to let you go. Thanks uh, for affording us this opportunity to engage with you. And uh, Professor Stephen Friedman is still with us. And just before we go back to the lines, Prof, um, Mr. Mantashe talking there about uh, what could be seen as the disadvantages of uh, incumbency, perhaps one of them, uh, the fact that perhaps you can't be as radical as the opposition?
1: But I think that's ducking the question. And it's ducking the question in two ways. First of all, uh, Mr. Matash said a few minutes ago that income inequality is a huge problem, uh, that uh, large corporate businesses still dominate the economy, that the media is hostile to the ANC. And then he says, I'm wrong to say that there are a whole lot of things the ANC are not in charge of. He's agreeing with me. He's saying that there are a whole lot of things they're not in charge of. Now, clearly, if they are the party of government, they ought to be trying to fix those things. And I'm not in favor of uh, seizing people's property. I agree with him that I think that that would create a disaster. What I am in favor of uh, is tough negotiation, which can change the economic path in this country, and we're not seeing that. Now, to get to the question of the Freedom Charter, and the National Democratic Revolution, it so happens that I've just published a book on the topic, um, and as I read what the National Democratic Revolution was supposed to be about, it was supposed to be about ending racial inequality in this country. And if you look at what's happening at the universities today, uh, if you look at a lot of the anger among black middle-class people because they feel that they're not taken seriously despite the fact that they're professionals, then we cannot possibly say that we are dealing effectively with racial inequality. In this country. Now, I don't think that the ANC uh, should be a dictatorship. I don't think it's got the answer to all the problems. But what I could continue to draw his attention to is I don't see a strategy to deal with this. How are you going to negotiate change? How are you going to make sure that we don't have a situation in which black people who become professionals feel that they're being discriminated against? Uh, I mean, these are all major challenges, and I don't see a plan to deal with them.
0: Well, who is uh, controlling the agenda, setting the agenda in South African society? That's the question we are asking. Oh eight nine one one zero four two and eight. Short, sharp, and to the point, please. Mike and Newlands. Good morning. I want to ask... Uh, good morning,
5: thank you. I want to go back to basics here. You know, when I was a student and an activist, the unions uh, were very much a political party in their day, and they had a strong... In fact, you know, I mean, I supported them because they they formed very much the resistance movement, as it were, above ground, uh, fighting the old white regime. But when the revolution came in, in 1994... Uh, we had a new government, that that particular function of the unions fell away and it it should have drifted back or gone back to its core issue of looking after its its people and looking after the, uh, you know, the working conditions and so on of the workers. So my my question is is this really, is is this not a bit of a strange debate because... Why are the union? I would ask the ANC, why are the ANC getting involved in unions? It's not their core function. They're an elected government. Members of the union, if they don't like the government of the day, they can vote against the government of the day. If they do like it, they can vote for it.
0: Thank you so much, Mike and Newlands. Llewellyn and Joburg, good morning. Llewellyn? Llewellyn not there. Let's go to uh, Alex in Bramfontein. Hello, Alex.
6: Yes. I think that uh, 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 no matter how the question is phrased, uh, especially the first question relating to the ANC and COSATU, is completely wrong altogether. I think that uh, the prof, uh, whatever explanation he could give, the question could have been phrased quite differently. The ANC and COSATU are two independent formations in alliance with one another. And the ANC cannot tell Kosatu what to do, cannot determine for Cosatu what to do. It doesn't matter what explanation we are given for the question. That is a completely wrong question altogether. And secondly, let me touch the issue of universities, for example, with regards to qualified professionals, especially blacks. The professor knows very well that uh, there is institutional autonomy conferred by higher education uh, laws in the country, and that Both the government and the African National Congress do not directly run universities. Uh, Institutional autonomy, in fact, prevents government uh, to enter into a an university and direct the affairs of the university. And therefore, when things fail there, uh, to answer your question, who drives the agenda uh, in South Africa, if we were to take universities, for example, councils of universities and senates at universities are the ones which are driving the agenda. And they must be blamed for the slow pace of transformation in this institution. Okay. So, And this, must be the mentality applied with respect to each and every sphere uh, of our democracy. Just last point, Sakina. It is important that we conduct education on how our democracy works. It doesn't mean that once a a political party, in this instance the African National Congress, is elected the power, it has you know, it is at liberty to do whatever it chooses. And from that moment onwards, it enters uh, the phase whereby it must negotiate with people and various stakeholders through Meaningful consultations for things to
7: move forward. Okay,
0: thank you so much, Alex in uh, uh Solomon, good morning. Solomon good in morning, Muganya, Sarkina, good, good morning. And,
7: yes, good morning, Sakina, and to Professor Friedman and the listeners. Briefly, I would say the ANC remains the force in our society. Um, and, uh, well, while at the same time admitting that. Uh, Our society is not monolithic. The emancipation politically has allowed other forces to contest the space. However, the ANC continues to provide the program to take the country forward, whether you are a force in the extreme right or left, but all they do is to reflect on the framework that has been provided by the ANC. Uh, There are, of course, forces that are contesting the space, like the liberal forces, the ruling class which is controlling the economy and which is stifling transformation. Because in my view, the the, the ruling class in South Africa, particularly the, the liberal forces, are frustrating transformation in our country.
0: Oh, we lost you there. Uh, sorry about that, uh, Solomon, uh, but uh, I think we got the gist of it. Mandaga, you say in Cape Town.
3: Uh, good morning, Shakina. Uh, Briefly, I want to uh, tell the Professor that uh, he is wrong. Cosatu is extremely and entirely independent from the ANC. It is not an extension of the ANC. What the ANC can really do is to provide advice. Its views are not binding. And secondly, the ANC determines the agenda through leading the motive forces in society, the working class and the poor, as well as the middle class and any other motive forces that are attracted to our vision of a national democratic society. Thank uh, you, What I want to also tell the professor is that now, in achieving our empty act we understand that it is not going to be easy. There's going to always to be those things that hamstring our success. So, for an example, in, in, in universities, there are liberals and whites who oppose transformation. But what, what they can always do is to try and negotiate with those people. We cannot force transformation uh, radically because you understand that when you're in, in government, you've got to understand the views of the Position
5: and you've got to negotiate. That's what the end okay. is. It
0: is. Thank you so much, Mandaka. You say, Paul in Stellenbosch, good morning.
5: Uh, hi, hi, Christina. and hi, Steve. I'm uh, just uh, wanting to say that I think it would be quite useful to ask this question of who's pushing the agenda in particular sectors. And I and my colleagues work a lot for government in the sectors that's known as sustainable human settlement, housing, etc., etc. And the picture um, that we're getting is very much of a, a government that is quite fragmented when it comes to driving that agenda and that the agenda is really been set um, uh, quite a lot by the private real estate and developer uh, sector and the financial sector on the one hand and on the other hand, by um, in, in a smaller way, by people who are invading land um, and um, basically setting, the, setting up their own settlements because government isn't arriving on time. And, and, and there is state intervention, particularly from the National Treasury, uh, something called the City Support Programme, that is trying to coalesce and bring an agenda back. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see
1: how that um, plays out um, you know, over the next few months.
0: Thank you so much, Paul. And Stellenbosch, Prof Friedman?
1: Yeah, I think that the argument's being distorted to a certain extent because the the position of the other people who are are being critical of of my analysis, uh, they keep on pointing out how powerless the ANC is, which is precisely my point. They keep on saying, oh, well, we can't actually tell Kassati what to do. No, we can't tell private developers what to do. In fact, we can't tell anybody what to do. So that is the reality. I accept that reality. But what they're not saying is, you know, it's not this kind of fake either or, uh, you know, either you nationalize everything and declare a dictatorship or you do nothing. There are all sorts of things in between that you could be doing, and what you should be doing is negotiating. And the question about Kassaitu is not why doesn't the ANC tell Kasatu what to do. The issue about Kassaitu is why don't the people in Kasatu who claim to be very loyal to the ANC pay any attention to the ANC? So I think they're missing the point. The point is that we have a whole lot of inherited problems, and we need to negotiate our way out of it, and we're still waiting for the negotiation strategy, which suggests that the ANC doesn't seem to have
0: one. Well, ultimately, you will make up your own mind. But Professor Stephen Friedman, thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. Um, and that was Prof Stephen Friedman, Director of the Centre for Study of Democracy at Rhodes University and the University of Johannesburg. Thanks for your participation. Thanks to the production team for making sure it all went out loud and clear.